It's Monday, May 18th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me today, the one and only Bill Barker. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. We're going to talk some retail. We are going to dip into the full mailbag, but we are going to start with the stock of the day, and that is Moderna. Shares of Moderna up more than 20% after the biotech company announced positive interim data on a phase one study of its coronavirus vaccine. These are human trials, so that's encouraging. I should point out, not a lot of humans. This is not one of those tests that's been done on thousands or even tens of thousands of people. But still, this is encouraging both for Moderna and I think for the overall market. Yeah, uh, positive results from the phase one trial, which are largely very positive results. Let's put it that way. The market certainly is uh, putting it that way. Uh, and so, phase one trial, you're, you're dealing with the, uh, the safety uh, primarily of what you're going to be studying. And you do that in the smallest group, uh, tens, it was 45 in this case. Then in phase two, uh, you move that uh, trial to hundreds and in phase three to thousands. So, uh, 45 uh, people on various different levels of the uh, test vaccine dose uh, all showed uh, positive antibodies were um, good antibodies. And uh, that's good news. They can move forward and they hope to be in phase three or plan to be in phase three in July. And then to, uh, if everything goes well uh, from here to there and in phase three, have a vaccine sometime in 2021. It really is amazing to see the reaction in the market because, again, it's not just Moderna with the stock up 20%, but you look at things like shares of Disney are up 8% this morning. At Royal Caribbean, Carnival Cruise Line, those stocks are up anywhere from 10 to 15%. And my assumption is that at least part of what's going on with, with just those three companies is short sellers saying, oh, well, if a vaccine is coming, then maybe I don't want to be short these companies. Could be. Certainly, uh, as, as stocks move up quickly, uh, some short sellers' positions are, are going to be uh, eliminated either by program or by choice. Uh, regarding the whole market, of course, there was a little bit of a tailwind going into the news. That is, uh, Powell uh, spoke or, and was uh, shown on 60 Minutes last night, and uh, that was well-received as he indicated that the, the Federal Reserve had uh, lots of ammunition left to, uh, uh, to help. And so, uh, even before this announcement came out, the market was indicating a, a higher open by about 1%. Uh, and this certainly uh, ramped that up. Yeah, Jay Powell on 60 Minutes uh, definitely viewed more favorably by the market than Jay Powell, who spoke, what was it, last Wednesday? Last Tuesday or Wednesday, the comments that he made that were just sort of like, well, I don't know. I mean, last Wednesday, it was basically Jay Powell saying, yeah, this, this, this could be bad. This could be sort of rough. And the one we saw last night on 60 Minutes was much more positive. Uh, right. And, and uh, essentially what he had said is the economy is not likely to fully recover until there's a vaccine. And that really shouldn't be news. 
uh, if people want to react to that, like uh, it's it's some new alarming thing. Uh, perhaps they did because there are many overreactions up and down, uh, both as we move through this episode and the market in general. But uh, now you've got the beginnings of an answer to that. Uh, okay, well, when will there be a vaccine? And Moderna is giving some support. There's a long way to go between here and a vaccine and a vaccine that's available on the market. Uh, but an important hurdle has been cleared. Uh, and with with as good a set of data as you could hope to have this early in the process. Let's move on to retail. It is now official. JCPenney has filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection. And the plan is to split JCPenney into two separate companies, both publicly traded. One of them will be the retail business. One of them will be a real estate investment trust. Is it rude for me to say out loud that I'm not interested in either of these? Because a lot of times when a public company splits in two, there's one part of the business that is visibly more attractive than the other. I find neither of these attractive. What about you? Well, I, I suppose it would be rude if I were J.C. Penny to tell that to me, but I'm not. So go ahead, express your opinion. <laughs> I think I just did. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I found nothing rude in it, uh, and I agree. I think that uh, this is a mechanism. Um, uh, that uh, is is not likely to change a whole lot of investors' uh, opinions. Now, they may be more interested in the REIT uh, as it is uh, going to have more, more tangible value, I think. Uh, but this is kind of their attempt to sort of, uh, if you remember back to the financial crisis, splitting banks into the good bank and the bad bank, uh, and and put all the bad stuff in one place, and let's let's call you know all the good stuff uh, in the good bank, and um, that's that's more or less what this is. And I don't think that the the good real estate in this case is uh, of especially attractive value. There's going to be uh, plenty of competing. Uh, available real estate. Uh, now they're they're shutting what was about twenty nine percent of their locations. These are sort of the lesser performing and or smaller ones. So really, they expect to have about eighty two, I think, percent of their sales remain um, after this. But uh, that that eighty two percent is still in a category that is is dwindling over time. So. Uh, I, until they can put some really interest, interesting numbers uh, on what the real estate uh, might amount to, I, I wouldn't uh, advise anybody to rush into it. Our email address is marketfoolery at fool.com. Question from John Pichola, a timely question because it leads right into uh, the point you just made. What are your thoughts on some of the discount retailers, TJ, uh, TJX companies, Ross stores, Burlington stores? With the retail apocalypse upon us, these companies should be able to get their hands on some attractive inventory from the weaker retailers in a cash crunch uh, or facing bankruptcy. These were all good operators before COVID-19, and I would love your thoughts on their long-term outlook as states begin to reopen. Thank you, and long live the bulls. Uh, indeed, John. So, thank you for that. Um, boy, 
If you owned Burlington stores for the past decade, congratulations, because that is one of the best performing stocks of the, of the last 10 years. And I, I think John is thinking about this the right way in terms of uh, whether it's businesses that are in a cash crunch, that are closing locations, or in the case of JCPenney, just outright declaring bankruptcy. That is an opportunity for the Burlington stores of the world. Yes, uh, they are absolutely going to have uh, a crack at a lot of uh, inventory that uh, companies need to move. Uh, they've had uh, probably inventory, in some cases, in stores that are closed um, and that they uh, need to move as, as the seasons have changed. And uh, just you've got places like J. Crew, uh, which are going to be liquidating uh, plenty of inventory and how many others I, I could barely count are likely to be in the same position. And of the companies, certainly Burlington uh, has done an outstanding job, uh, TJX companies uh, as well. And I would want for a long-term play, uh, I like those companies, I like those managements, I'd give consideration to how many locations are in malls, uh, as opposed to uh, other freestanding sites, as I think the mall waiting is one to uh, avoid if you can, and how developed their online presence is. Because at times like this, uh, that's keeping retailers afloat who have a better online operation uh, or who are ramping that up now. If they are too late to that game, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to uh, join in. Do you think we're going to see, look, I think we both think we're going to see more retail bankruptcies in 2020 and in 2021. Do you think we're also going to see more spinouts where uh, retailers that have multiple brands under their portfolio, under you know the, the parent company, look to sort of spin some of them out? Because I'm, I'm thinking about things like, you know, companies like Walmart and Target that if they want to, you know, I mean, it's, it, it's not just the discount retailers that can be op, uh, opportunistic um, in these situations. It can also be major retailers like Walmart and Target and, you know, even Amazon if they want to be to say, yeah, we're, we're interested in sort of picking off this one brand out of your portfolio. I think there's going to be a lot of creative uh, maneuvering, and uh, it's it's easier said than done. You can look at uh, uh, limited uh, limited brands and uh, what Victoria's Secret uh, is going through, and the the attempts to try to spin that out, and uh, the difficulties with that. And you know, I think there are going to be a lot of things up for sale, uh, and um, you know. We're we're going to see a lot of opportunities. There's going to be a lot of things that appear uh, to be deep value, uh, as they're going to be in uh, sort of greater dislocation. Uh, and some smart people are going to pick up things uh, very cheap. Uh, but you know, long term, most of the apparel retailers seem to me, uh, outside of these successful. Uh, discount retailers uh, that we've that we've mentioned uh, to have a lot of competition uh, and a lot of problems. 
One more email, uh, this time from Brian Chen in Taiwan. He writes, right now I'm investing in a dozen uh, stocks, but I also invest some of my money buying Vanguard's S&P 500 index fund. Does this sound like a logical thing to do? I'll, uh, I'm worried about not diversifying my portfolio. Would you suggest to either let go of my index fund shares or invest all of my money in the index fund? I feel like Brian's on the right path here. I mean, just, you know, a lot of times we tell people a great first step is just go ahead, get some instant diversification with an S&P 500 index. Yeah, if you've got the S&P 500 index or to be even more diversified, the for instance, the Vanguard uh, total stock market index, which goes beyond the essentially 500 biggest companies uh, in the market, which are in the S&P 500 uh, to the, you know, everything else. Um, you're pretty well diversified. So the you know the question here is if you've got a, say, a dozen individual positions plus the S and P 500. I don't know what the percentage in each of those is, but that's probably pretty good diversification if those 12 companies are not the lion's share of the portfolio and they aren't sort of all in a specific sector of the market. If those are 12 uh, tech companies that do things that, that all sort of move together and largely moving up uh, in, in the hardest part of the market lately. Um, but if those are the stocks that you, you have individually chosen, um, then you may not be as diversified uh, as you think. Um, that said, if that's you know 15% of your portfolio in those 12 stocks and 85% in the S&P 500, you're pretty well diversified. So uh, I think uh, he's asking the right questions, uh, and it goes to: Are the individual stocks adding? Those might be twelve stocks that are outside of the S and P five hundred. In which case, they're adding diversification to a you know S P five hundred uh, weighted uh, investment portfolio. Hopefully, they're not twelve oil stocks. Just just no, to or, take the others. I mean, if the twelve oil stocks were bought like this morning or or the end of the day Friday. Not quite as bad. Not quite as bad. <laughs> they, they, they're, they're doing a little bit better today, of course, uh, as, as oil prices are up. But yes, I do hope those 12 stocks are not all oil stocks. Bill Barker, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.